0: Welcome to Tomorrow's Tech Today, bringing you the latest in technology, talent, and transformational change. With me, your host, Professor Sally Eaves. Hi, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Tomorrow's Tech Today. Bring you the latest in technology, talent, and transformational change. I'm your host, Professor Sally Eve, CEO of Aspirational Futures. And today we're focusing in on International Women's Day, exploring different journeys in business and technology careers, sharing experiences and lessons learnt along the way, including areas such as leadership, mentoring, STEAM and lifelong learning, and shared commitments to scaling tech for good. And to do this, I'm delighted to have with me a fantastic guest from IBM, and that's Carmen Recio, a mathematician who's working in quantum computing and has just joined the European quantum community team at IBM Research in Zurich, literally just moving house as we speak. So thank you so much, Carmen, for joining me today. It's a real pleasure to meet you.
1: Thank you for having me, Sally. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And I recommend everybody in the audience as well going to Carmen's LinkedIn profile, one of the loveliest introductions I've seen. It's just so full of warmth. So I recommend that as a starter as well. And maybe my first question to you is just really to share a little bit about your journey into your current role and what's helped you with your success, maybe from a skills and mentorship point of view, and really all about what you're doing in this fantastic new position. Okay, great. So thank
1: you for the question. Uh, I will say that uh, I was lucky because I always had a clear passion for science. I knew from a very early age that I wanted to be a scientist. I didn't know what were the different fields, but I was sure that that was what I wanted to do. And I must say that uh, throughout my journey, one thing that has helped me the most are uh, the mentors and the role models that I have met along the way. Because uh, I've always tried to look up to uh, people that were where I wanted to be in the future and just talk to him, to talk to them, to get the advice on how to do it. And also, I think it's so important to have people that support you and love you and make you believe that you can do anything. This starts with your family, the support of uh, your family. In my case, it was my mother, the one who always believed in me. And I grew up having the feeling that I could do anything. I never doubted if I was not going to be able to do it. So (laughs) I was pretty confident. And also my teachers helped me a lot from high school. And then when I was uh, lucky enough to start my degree, I also had uh, some wonderful teachers uh, while I was studying mathematics. And one thing I did before I found my first job was to talk to some colleagues, maybe friends of my parents uh, that I knew and that uh, I considered were very successful in their own fields and talk, talk with them and ask them advice about how to find this first job. So one thing that they told me was to make a list of all the companies that I, that I was interested at, and then um, the, the kind of jobs that I would like to do. And this takes me to my second piece of advice, which is you always must have a plan. So if you are walking without destination, you probably will never get there. So it's always now good to know uh, where you want to go and think about the steps uh, that will take you there. So with everything you do, you must ask yourself if that is taking you closer to where you want to be tomorrow. And then when I joined IBM, well... I was so lucky because in this company, uh, mentorship programs are so well known and you can talk to people you admire even if they are much more senior than you and ask them to become your mentors. Probably some of them will say no, but in my case, most of them said yes. And if I'm here today moving to Zurich to my dream job, it's because of the advice that I've gotten uh, throughout the way. And another really good tip that I will say has helped me is one tip that I got from one of the leaders in IBM, of the executives. It's a very easy to remember metaphor, which is we have two years and one month so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. So it's very important to always listen a lot. And that's where you learn the most. And also I will say that besides technical skills or uh, whatever skills you have, you need in your field it's also very important to have soft skills so for instance being kind it's super important and it's something that never (laughs) no one tells you but i think it's always important to be polite to be kind to listen to other people to take uh, people's points of views and feelings into account and it might seem that if you're not talking you're not going to get what you want but it's the other way around if people feel understood they will probably be more open to hearing what you have to say as well. So, yeah, basically that's uh, all the tips that I will give to finalize my answer. Again, coming back to where I began uh, with the passion, there is a, a quote that I read, that I really identify with, and it's supposed to be by Steve Jobs, but I'm not exact 100% job, uh, sure. But uh, the quote is that if you're working on something exciting that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed, the the vision pulls you. And that's exactly how I have felt uh, throughout all my career.
0: And I hope to keep feeling that way. I love that, honestly, that's so fantastic. I love those characteristics you brought out there as well about empathy and kindness and humility. I could not agree more strongly. I think that's so, so, so key. And that vital role of mentoring and empowering, you know, and helping people seeing yourself, maybe something you haven't seen. I think that's so, so, so important. Such um, tangible examples and advice there as well. So that's brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. And kind of related to that, actually, really, visibility of role models, I think is such a central thing at the moment. And you kind of related to that, your own experience as well, you know, thinking this can be me, this could be my role in the future. This is what I want to do and building that community around it. I think so, so important, particularly to help attract underrepresented groups into technology careers and into business and leadership more broadly. What can you share with the audience regarding your experience that can help others in that respect? Well, I believe it's
1: essential to have role models and to have role models that you can relate to. Because if all the people who are doing what you wanna do are 50 white American males, then Uh, Coming from a little town in Spain, you're not going to be able to relate to that. You're going to think, okay, that's my dream job, but I cannot do that because you have to be born in America, you have to be a man and you have to go to one of the uh, super important universities in the world. I I would like to maybe give an example of something that really opened my eyes and was a game changer for me. And it was uh, a trip that I did during my internship. I did it with a foundation in Spain. They awarded the 20 best students and I was lucky enough to be selected as one of those. The award was an experiential trip where uh, where we got to travel to London and Boston and met Spanish young people who were recipients of a scholarship. Uh, by foundation Rafael del Pino. And uh, they were maybe doing their PhD or their master's in some of the most prestigious universities in the world, like Imperial College, Harvard, MIT. So during that trip, I was able to meet people that I could relate to and were already in some of the most prestigious uh, universities and companies in the world. And after that trip and hearing their stories and meeting them and being able to talk to them and hearing about their journeys, it made me realize that if you uh, work hard and have talent, it doesn't matter where you come from, you can go for it. And a lot of times, if you don't see a role model that is doing that and you are not able to relate to it, you don't even try. And what my mother always says is that if you don't try, you already have the no. So it's very important that you see, yeah, that you picture yourself, that you think that you are able to do it, and that you at least try. And of course, sometimes you're not going to get it, but you have to keep trying, and someday you will get it. So it's so important. But in this case, in the example that I gave you, why did I relate to these people? Because they were my own nationality, they were young, they weren't necessarily from well-known families. They were just yes, like normal people that I could relate to. And, and also working in IBM, I, it has been so important for me to see women in uh, leadership positions because this is also something that gives you the hope that this is possible and this, that this can actually happen to you and that women, of course, have also uh, something to they are not here just yes, to raise the percentage, but to bring a valuable voice. And it's not just about gender diversity, also uh, a woman that I am, admire and that I think it's doing a terrific work, work uh, in terms of being becoming a role model at a very early age. It's Amira Abbas, who is a, B, um, a PhD student. Uh, she's South African, and uh, she's getting a lot of milestones in her career, and she's using also social media channels to tell her story and i'm sure that many people in africa are looking up to her and saying if she did it i can do it too so yeah i believe it's so so important and that we as 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 women or any anyone who belongs to to any uh, diversity group uh, should should just yes, uh, lead by example
0: absolutely I, th- I think that point you made at the end as well about social media I think that's a really important one in terms of visibility. I think it's a great way to kind of democratize that as well. So I, I love that. And I've, I've made so many good relationships and you know, really like organic mentoring that's happened through social media channels, which has been a real, real joy. So I think it's a great example to add in there. And that point about relatabilities of role models, so, so vital. It was something I experienced um, with an organisation called the British Council, and it partnered up industry and research. And they did like a mentoring programme with experienced researchers and ones just coming through, like kind of a PhD level and above. And it was amazing. And they had like seven partner countries. You got to experience different cultures, different ways of learning. And I spent some time in Mexico around that. And it was one of the most empowering things I've ever done. And there was a real focus on that holistic skills development. So technology, but alongside things like communication skills and EQ. So I love that. It really resonates with what what you were saying there. So thank you so much for sharing that, Carmen. I love that. And we touched on there a little bit quite naturally around the importance of diversity of experience. I think we all know it's not only the right thing to do, but it also benefits everything that we do as well. So from team creativity to satisfaction to reducing the risk of implicit bias as well. How do you think we can change the narrative on women in tech and women in business careers? And what do you think the role of leadership is and in collaboration, actually, as well, in making this a reality. I know we've touched on a few examples of that already, but some further ones would be fantastic, you know, really to help address that drop-off we're seeing in terms of girls taking STEM subjects um, at GCSE and at A-level, so kind of 14 to 16, 16 to 18. And then even when um, young women are taking these skills at university, it's not always being applied in later careers. So what do you think we can do there to help change that and step back from that process?
1: Here, what I believe we have to do is women that are actually working in these fields have to uh, make the effort to be very present. Maybe they don't even need to create their own program. It's great if they do, but I think there are already so many amazing uh, programs that you can collaborate with. Like, I don't know, I could give a, a, a very big list, like Girls Who Code, for instance, in Spain, we have a program that is a stimulation of mathematical talent for young kids, uh, not not specifically for girls, but if there are girls teaching, then the girls that attend can relate to the teachers as well. and yeah, and not only in in these kind of events that are specifically for women, but also in in every event. Uh, you have to be present, and you because this way you add diversity to that specific event. So, not just focusing in the ones that are specific for women, but in all of the technical events. And in terms of leadership, I believe that uh, companies uh, should be to uh, balance the diversity also within panels, within the number of speakers. Everyone should be represented, and that's something that you have to pay attention to because. In the end, if you don't, you might end up with a very unbalanced panel or a very unbalanced event where everyone it belongs to a certain diversity group. So, yeah, I think, I think you have to t- pay attention to that and also give a lot of visibility to women th- that are working in this field and that
0: could become a
1: great role model for, for younger girls. And...
0: So, so, Carmen, focusing maybe again on education now, do you believe it's now the time to move beyond a focus of STEM, so science, tech, engineering and maths, and maybe move on to one more of STEAM so the arts take an equal stage? I wondered what skills you think are most vital as we look ahead to the future of work. Well, I really like
1: this question because actually when people ask me about the A in STEAM, I'm always like, that's implicit in science and mathematics. Mm-hmm. So let me explain myself. I believe that in order to be a scientist, you really have to be creative. I mean, like, think about uh, Einstein uh, the theories he came up with, or uh, also, well, any, any other, in, even, for example, Turing, who is considered the, the father of computers. Imagine that there were no computers, and how would you actually come up with that idea? So that really takes a lot of creativity. So in my opinion, scientists are artists too. <laughs> and, yeah, and also, for instance, let me give you a, an example of uh, David Hilbert, who, who was a very famous uh, mathematician. And uh, he has a very famous quote where he said, good, he did not have enough imagination to become a mathematician. I've been hearing that one of his students had dropped out to study poetry. So <laughs> I think <laughs> that people, when they think about scientists, they think like they are very tight, uh, they just uh, are using one part of their brain, but it's absolutely not like that. After saying that, I also am uh, a strong believer in multidisciplinary teams. Mm-hmm. So I think it's equally important to create uh, or to discover scientifical uh, breakthroughs As uh, coming up with a good uh, story to share it with the world, because otherwise you create an amazing thing and no one uh, um, finds out about it. So I believe that it's equally important both things, coming up with the idea and coming up with a way of uh, sharing the story with the world. And that's where uh, artists uh, come into place. Um, Someone that uh, has an artistic,
0: uh, an arts background. Absolutely. Absolutely. You reminded me of something there as well. I, I know there was a research project that looked at brain scans effectively, and they, they were writing a piece about this beauty in algebra. And it was showing that actually the same parts of the brain were activating when going through one of those types of calculation approaches, as it was in terms of creating a piece of artwork. Um, there was a lot more to it than that. But as a basic kind of analogy to what you were saying, I totally, totally understand where you're coming from there. And I think it's great to really kind of show, show a light on that. So wonderful. Example. Thank you, Carmen. I love that. And and kind of thinking a little bit more around tech as a force for good. We we've got the UN Sustainable Development Goals, the 17 global goals, which I think are a great framework um, to bring people together to think about these key areas. And we're just at the 10 year milestone point, we're just past that at the moment. And I wondered what your personal and professional aspirations are on how we can meet these critical goals to benefit humanity. I think it's something that's really, a lot of people are reflecting more and more on, not only because of the milestone, but I think just what everybody's experienced over the last year has helped us all reflect and think about maybe how we reframe the future. So I wonder what you see of the role of tech and tech leaders in this endeavor.
1: Well, I definitely believe that technology can help and can have a very important role towards getting, at least some of the Sustainable Development Goals. So, for instance, it's clear that in gender equality, we have to, to continue with what we were saying: these kind of initiatives so, of uh, giving visibility to role models, taking attention to balance, and have representation for diversity groups uh, within events. Also, I believe that um, many companies, uh, IBM included, uh, have some projects that are focusing on use cases that have positive impact in humanity. Like, for instance, we have organized uh, some hackathons uh, where the challenge is to solve a problem that will have a a positive uh, social impact. Or, for instance, in the COVID pandemic, a good example of the kind of things that you can do was a high performance computing consortium uh, where we gave, we, we did a consortium with many other companies uh, that had supercomputers. And we basically gave access to scientists who were researching about uh, how COVID might affect us. I, I don't know if it was re- directly related to vaccination, but probably too. So, opening, open access, open science, uh, open source in the in the um, case of software, I think all of these things are helping towards some of these of these uh, sustainable development goals. And then, of course, I think it's important in the in the part of uh, also donations. Donations are are really really important at a personal level as um, employees. <laughs> for companies so for instance we i know that we have a program in ibm that is part of the corporate responsibility area uh, where you can uh, volunteer to go for instance for i don't know if it's three months and you can go to uh, to work in a project in a certain country where it's needed and these months uh, you are still working for ibm but all your work is it is for um, a non-profit cause i know that there is there are these kind of initiatives in many technology companies and, and and other companies, not just technology companies. And I I really like it because I think it's an investment in in our world. Um, the all the the sustainable development goals are really important, and I would love to have uh, to to make them real, <laughs> that to see that they have uh, gotten real in in ten
0: years. So. Absolutely. Hear, here, here to that. And so much you're saying there resonates. I'm a huge fan and very active in things around hackathons towards the STGs. And I was one of the judges on IBM's Code the Curve along that load. So I, I totally understand that. It was just so such a rewarding experience. I absolutely love that. And I also love the example you mentioned there about the HPC consortium. I think what I love about that as well is a great example of the collaboration over competition, Um, And as you said there, I think it's about 11 different tech companies, lots of different research institutions across the world, governments as well. It's that really, truly kind of quadruple innovation in terms of the types of stakeholders that were involved in that and exactly what we need to make change happen. You know, a contagion that's a good one, a contagion of change that's really positive and collaborative. Um, So, yeah, I'm super excited about that. I think IBM does some great leadership work in really supporting people. And a lot of the education offers as well, I think, are really, really superb. So thank you for sharing that. Love that. Brilliant. Let's continue that theme. So I'm really, really passionate, as you know, and as you are, too, about all things tech for good and really applying technology for good, not just talking about it, really doing it and scaling it. I'd love to hear from yourself some stories or people or projects that you're really, truly proud of and might help other, inspire other people to get involved in this as well. So I'd love to hear more about that. I know you touched on a few people already as well that have really supported you and inspired you, but more examples of that, I think would be great for people to learn about.
1: Okay, good, great. Well, of course you will be number one on my list. <laughs> so I don't know if I should just let you speak about this, this topic, but uh, other examples that I could think about uh, are I, I love to collaborate with everything that has to do with kids because I think that since the future generations are the future of society, it's so important to work with them and to um, let them understand how important it is to to have values, to care about others and how technology can help. So any education activity that teaches kids at an early age about technology, about the kind of things uh, that there can be. For instance, um, there is a project going on right now in the Coding School, which is called qubit by Cubit, And it's an initiative where um, kids from high school to, I think, to the first years of their degree, uh, could follow a six-month uh, course about quantum computing uh, with volunteers from MIT and Oxford University. And actually my sister, who is 15, she's doing it. Yeah, last weekend she attended a diversity in quantum panel. And yesterday (laughs) yesterday night, I was just talking to her and she told me that uh, it was really open, well, uh, eye-opening, well, it really opened her eyes to hear uh, an Indian researcher who was also a woman, to hear about all the difficulties that she had uh, to overcome and that she wasn't even aware that that was something that uh, women should face. Like maybe sometimes if you received an award, um, some people would say she only received it because they needed to give it to a woman, this kind of stuff. So I'm very happy that this, uh, I'm just giving the example of my little sister, but if you at such an early age, you start becoming aware of all these things, you're probably gonna be more uh, sensitive in the future and take into account that these things uh, have to be avoided. Also, I think that all the points that are open contribute towards making people able to access. That also has a very good impact. And I'm loving in the quantum community where I work right now, seeing that people from all over the world write to me and say, I wanna learn about this. And I'm actually able to send them open resources where they can learn about for free. So this is super cool. And and also of course, um, there are the, the hackathons specifically that I al- already mentioned. Well, also I believe that it's very important that technology companies are having into account what should be the ethical that they should follow in order to develop technologies. And, and here, um, I would also like to mention uh, Rafael Juste, who is a Spanish researcher. He's one of um, the researchers who came up with the idea of the Brain Project. And actually, right now he is he's working in Columbia University in New York. He's uh, not not just him, but um, he and his his group uh, are working for to make people aware that because of the advancements amb- in neuroscience and AI, uh, we might. My- need new human rights so i think that this is the perfect example of how science advanced but at the same time uh, as we see the the developments we also have to ensure uh, that ethics is protected and in this case i like the example of neuroscience because they want to protect what makes us human so that's like so essential And and I think that in everything we do, we must uh, protect uh, the individual, the originality of each each, uh, person who is unique. And um, this is also something that we must talk about when developing uh, technology, of course.
0: Absolutely. I could not agree more. Fantastic examples there. And if I do say so, I think your sister might be a new quantum ambassador for the future as well. I love that. What an amazing opportunity. And it's so, so important. You know, as I mentioned earlier, in terms of like drop offs around STEM subjects, it's happening, you know, before you get to like 12, 13, 14, when you're making your option decisions for school. So we need to come in earlier and earlier and earlier to change the narrative about, you know, what a tech career looks like. So I think that's great, great examples. I think what we'll do as well, we've mentioned quite a lot of different initiatives on on our discussion today. And I, I think we'll collate that. So when we put this episode out, we'll share some links to all these great projects, some of the individuals we've mentioned. I'll put some notes up about aspirational futures, which is my kind of STEM and STEAM and Tech for Good uh, initiative as well. So we can put all that together and really share that out for people in the audience as well so they can follow up on things of particular interest. So brilliant stuff. I love that. Um, and I think maybe as we kind of bring, bring our discussion to a close, thinking about what we've all experienced over the last year, a word that keeps coming up in a lot of conversations is resilience and how we build that up. You know, sometimes we just talk about it from an organizational point of view, but it's also really, really important from an individual point of view as well. So, Han, obviously you're going through a lot of change as well with new role, new country, new new location, et cetera. So how have you navigated that? How do you switch off and keep motivated and continue to learn to adapt? What if you had any recommendations for the audience for how to cope with challenges and uncertainty?
1: I believe that if you keep working on what you're passionate about, you won't get frustrated. And I also think it's very important to don't become a workaholic (laughs) and also make room for other uh, spheres of your life. For instance, I really like, I, I think you have to find room During your week, maybe even plan and schedule some uh, hours in your week to do something that you love. It can be reading, it can be listening to music or playing music, but can be dancing, like like myself, or doing sports. And uh, some what has helped me the most are probably some books that I've read. For instance, I really liked The Power of Now. It's a book that uh, teaches you to be present and not to worry too much about. The future or the past, and be be aware of of this of this moment right now. And also, it might be curious for some of you, but some of the vice presidents in IBM uh, that I was able to meet always told us this that it's as important the time that you're working as the time that you are um, enjoying your free time and doing your hobby. So I think in order to perform well during this pandemic, it's important to also give importance to the time that you invest in yourself or your family or the things that you like
0: absolutely i i think that is so so important and i think music would be one that comes to the fore for me in terms of playing it rather than singing i have to stress that would that would, that would, that would, that would be quite funny but uh but yeah it is so important and, and again i think it helps you to to feel renewed doesn't it to feel creative bring up happiness well-being everything around that having that balance there is so 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 true and i love that And i love your your book recommendation there as well I, I've, I've looked at that myself and i agree a really really excellent recommendation we'll share we'll share about that as well on, on our side so we'll have one final question if that's okay so obviously we're approaching International Women's Day what does the future of work look like to you and when we come back to this time of year next year what do you hope has changed when we reflect back in the future?
1: Well I
0: think
1: I think that we are going to have a much more remote work actually this morning I was just reading a publication that a friend of mine who works in McKinsey shared In LinkedIn and there were some there was like a study where he where they analyze what's going to change Uh, so of course there are some uh, jobs that are going to be um, uh, less needed because if people are not going to the office maybe uh, the people who work in office maintenance won't be having that much work but here I'm very positive because I think that uh, whatever changes, there will be new new ways of working and there will be uh, new job positions. For instance, I think that both all the jobs that I've had, I had—I've only had two—didn't exist when I was studying my degree. So this is amazing. Who would have told me that I will be first working in AI hardware and then uh, working in the quantum computing community team? So. I, I cannot predict the future, but I'm excited about what's uh, yet to come. And, and I think that um, you can uh, build your own future and you can uh, also maybe even come up with, with new positions that, are, that, that don't exist today.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And I was speaking earlier with, with a mentee of mine and I was type, kind of talking about like, the latest in technology, but also the latest in education. And it kind of reminded me of that conversation as you were talking there. We don't know. We, we haven't got over a, a time machine where we can zoom forward to 2025 or, or even beyond that. But I think what we can do is build that tool set. So that we're confident and adaptable to change and we've got this depth and breadth that we can we can um draw into i've I've just written about the rise of the generalist Um, and i think that's really interesting as well having your specialism but having this broader depth and breadth of skills that are truly holistic and learning for life i think has never mattered more than it does at the current time that, that that expression so i love your examples there and i absolutely agree about an optimistic looking forward to the future and what we can apply technology for is truly, truly exciting. I think we can make a huge difference and huge difference by coming together. So what a what a great way to end our discussion. Carmen, thank you so much for your time. I think your work is really inspirational, particularly what you're doing with, with kids and inspiring others to get involved. Um, and I hope everyone from the audience has really enjoyed that conversation and we will be following up with links and further resources as well so you can dive into more detail. So that's it for tomorrow's Tech Today. Thank you so much and thank you again to Carmen. Thank you. Thank
1: you, Sally. And thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: (laughs) Bye-bye. Have a nice day. Bye for now. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tomorrow's Tech Today. If you enjoy what we're doing, please subscribe to us and leave a review. It really means a lot. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and see more behind-the-scenes video footage on YouTube. Thanks for listening.